Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. As I always say, it massively helps out, and let's crack on with today's first story. Now, I just want to give you a bit of a warning before we do get into today's first story. It's a bit of a heavy one. It covers someone who is extremely ill and passing away. So if you don't want to listen to this story, totally up to you please use the timestamps in the description below and let's get on with it the title is i haven't seen or heard from my biological father in 21 years i received a phone call saying that they need the next of kin to make decisions hi everyone so just a little bit of background i'm turning 27 this year and my biological father has been out of the picture since i was six if the man was to stand in front of me now i wouldn't even recognize him have very vague memories of him. The last that I heard was that he got remarried to someone in Vietnam and had children with her. However, he is residing in the US and have not sponsored her over here, so she's still in Vietnam. So yesterday, I received a phone call from my biological father's cousin. In our culture, I address her as my aunt. Her and her husband are the only people that I know of and keep in touch with on my biological father's side of the family. I'm not aware of any other relatives on his side or even if I know my paternal grandparents. She called to tell me that my biological father was in the hospital about two to three hours driving away from me, which I didn't even know he was in the US. His housemate had called 911 because he collapsed due to cardiac arrest and keeps having seizures. I thought she was calling to tell me that he was in the hospital and was going to try to coerce me to visit, but it was a lot more than what I imagined. She said that the physician needed the next of kin to make decisions on what to do with his medical concerns. When do they stop resuscitating if needed and when to pull the plug? I didn't know what to say. The man is a complete stranger to me. It's like me going into some hospital to the ICU, picking some random person and say, I want to pull their plug. This man is someone else's husband and father, but he is not my father. I feel like I can't take this responsibility on myself. My aunt passed on the physician's phone number to me and I called her for more information. She said that he is currently on a ventilator and that they have to keep pushing meds to prevent the seizures. His lungs are failing and although his brain functions and vitals are stable for now, the constant seizures will continue to affect his brain. I have no personal feelings for this man. I told the physician that if I had to make a decision, it would be based on the diagnosis, prognosis, treatment slash cure, quality of life if he survives. This is getting really long. This is the gist for the most part. My questions that I have are, do I have to be the one to make the decision? Would I be responsible for his medical debt? Seriously, what the actual fuck? What would you do? Now, obviously, this one is based in the US and I'm not even going to try to get into the legalities of US law in the different states and like, because I just have no clue on it whatsoever. 
And I kind of feel like you can just say, no, you don't want to make this decision. I think, you know, what from the hospital's point of view or the doctor or whoever it is has to get in contact with you because that's what they have a responsibility to do. But you can also say, no, I don't want to make that decision. You know, you can just literally say, I haven't seen this person in 27 years. I don't consider them my father. They're a stranger to me. It's not like they can force a decision out of you. I kind of think anyway, isn't the next of kin his wife who's in Vietnam? I'm not sure if they can get in contact with her about this. Is she allowed to make a decision from another country, etc.? But to me, I just kind of feel like you don't have to make this decision. But before we go to the update, the Scarlet Witch says one, you do not have to make the decision. Simply tell them you aren't interested if you don't want to. Two, no, his estate will take care of it. If he passes and his estate is insufficient for the medical debts, that's it. Three, I would have nothing to do with the situation if I haven't seen this man in so long. Politely decline. Hockey Pup says, if he is actually married, his wife is next of kin, even if she's not in the country at this time. Tell the physicians to contact his out-of-country wife to deal with this and leave you alone because you don't want the responsibility and you aren't really closest next of kin anyway. And one more from Aeon Flux who says, you are not responsible for making decisions for him if you don't want to be. However, the doctor has a responsibility to ask the next of kin. So it may be easier for the doctor if you are willing to sign a simple document stating that you don't want to be involved. That way the doctor can turn to the next of kin without it looking like they bypassed you. You are not responsible for your parents' debts. The only way you could be responsible is if you co-signed on a loan or something. I really don't know what I would do in your position. Do whatever is the right thing for you didn't have any responsibility to a parent who made a choice not to be in your life so then op updated their post which says so i wanted to thank everyone who commented and replied on the previous post as it really helped me feel better about the decision to relinquish my rights as his power of attorney on sunday my aunt called me to let me know when she visited him and asked if he wanted to see his children and he tried to open his eyes and blink several times so she insinuated that it was a yes to be honest, I only agreed to go because I knew I had to do this for myself so that I wouldn't live with the possibility of regret that I did or did not see him in his dying days, even though I don't owe him anything. It was also an hour and a half drive from where I currently live in Louisiana. So when I go to see my dad, the doctor wants to speak with me, my aunt and uncle first about what to do and who's going to have the power of attorney. I told them I wanted to withdraw my responsibility and then the doctor said that I can give it to someone else. I gave my aunt and uncle that option and they said they're in the same boat as I was and didn't know what to do either. If none of us decides to hold that responsibility, then the decision will ultimately go to the state and it'd be up to them with the next steps of care. I also asked if there would be a financial burden to whoever becomes his power of attorney. The doctor says he wasn't sure, but she believes that he has Medicare or Medicaid, but Anything not covered by them will be the responsibility of the power of attorney. So I finally go in to see him with my aunt and uncle, and he just seems kind of unresponsive. He has very little brain function and is pretty much the equivalent to a person who has gone through several strokes. My aunt was trying to wake him up to open his eyes, and he slightly fluttered his eyelids. They told me to talk to him, so I asked them if I could have some privacy because I really didn't know what to say. I just kind of stood there for a second after they left and just talked about myself. I felt like I was in an interview or something. I was just like, hey dad, it's OP. And he turned his head towards me and opened his eyes a little bigger. But I'm not sure what brain functions are still working. 
the doctor didn't have MRI on hand, so we weren't sure what brain functions weren't hypoxic. And I just started talking about myself. I told him I'm turning 27 this year. I've gone to college, have two degrees, don't have any kids, have a side business, and currently living in Louisiana. I said something along the lines of, I know it's been 21 years since you've seen or heard from me. Then I started choking up because I knew what I wanted to say next, but I had a difficult time saying it. A part of me just wanted to get super angry and say, I turned out okay without you, or maybe because you left, I became who I am. It had nothing to do with raising me and the successes I have achieved to this day. Ultimately, I said I forgave him, and I hope he finds peace and happiness in the next lifetime or whatever it is that he believes. I saw tears come out of his eyes, so I'm not sure if he heard me or was reacting or if it was just because he had all these tubes in and out of him and he was having some sort of gag reflex. It was just kind of hard to recognize him because the majority of his face had something covering it with the ventilating and feeding tubes. I still felt like I was talking to a stranger, but I just hope he knew I was there and it made him feel better. I don't feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulder or like a sigh of relief. I'm actually pretty okay with whatever happened and I know I won't have any regrets with that part of my life. Apparently, he has a group of friends that was also there and they all looked at me and was like, oh my God, she looks just like the mum. I got annoyed after we visited and we all sat together in the waiting room talking and trying to find out more information. They just kept telling me I'm his child. I need to do this, this and that and to force my brother to come see him. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to be disrespectful. In my head, I really wanted to scream, fuck you and fuck your opinions. Because you guys got to know him more than I ever had and it's not anyone's fault but his. That He chose not to be a part of my life, so don't you dare tell me what I should and should not do. But we found out that they got in touch with the wife in Vietnam and she's trying to come over here to visit. She has been given the power of attorney. So he's currently on full code until they can get a visa slash sponsorship over here, which he'll probably pass before that can even happen. Thanks everyone for reading. I know this update is a little long, but I thought it might have been courteous to those who have taken their time to offer their advice. And I think I kind of agree with OP on the visiting thing. I know it's going to be very different for every single person. I know many people will just go, you know, I'm not visiting. I can totally live with that, etc. And I think that's fine. But I think if I was in OP's position, I'd feel the same that I'd want that visit just so I didn't question it myself later down the line. Sure, you may feel nothing for this person when you stand in front of them. I think in some ways for me, I just want that kind of closure if you like. And I'm going to read one comment that came from that update. I'm only reading it because it became very relevant to me when I was dealing with my father's illness and the types of conversations we had to have. Talking about funerals, what if this happens, what if he can no longer talk for some reason. And it sounds fucking horrible to talk about it, but it's... Unfortunately, it was a part of what we was going through in that particular moment, so it needed to be discussed. I hated doing it. I can remember the drives to my dad thinking about, I got to have this conversation with him and how painful it was thinking about it and having to approach it. But as I said back then, when I was talking to my dad and my dad himself was very pragmatic about the whole thing, which made things a little bit easier, but still bloody painful at the same time. Anyway, this comment comes from Rodeo Bob, who says, The one thing I get really evangelical about is for adults with adult parents do end-of-life planning. My parents did it and I jokingly refer to it as the last nice thing they'll ever do for me. I want my in-laws to do it and even offer to pay. It's morbid and a little depressing, sure, 
but doing all this work around medical proxies and power of attorney and DNRs while you are lucid, healthy, and able to participate in the planning means that when you actually need that stuff done, in an emergency, it's already taken care of. It doesn't spoil or expire or go bad. I'll get off my soapbox for now, but yeah, end of life planning. It's like a fire extinguisher. You buy it before you need it, because when you need it, it's usually too late if you don't already have it. Now, what do you guys make of this one? Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below, and let's move on to another Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Glory. And this one's from a throwaway account who says, am I the butt face for refusing to divorce my husband? I, 30 female, met my husband Dave, 32 male, when we were little. He's been my best friend since we were 10. We were raised in a very conservative Christian families in the Bible Belt. We followed the script expected of us, dated in high school, engaged in college, married after his graduation, and kids after I established a career. Kids are five and three. We've been married 10 years. We separated but stayed legally married three and a half years ago because I finally admitted to him slash myself that I'm a lesbian. I thought that I could fake it till I make it, but I just couldn't do it anymore. It was strained for a while and we continued couples therapy. Ultimately, we both wanted to do the best for our kids. For us, that meant continuing to live together. He lives in the apartment above our detached garage because neither of us wanted to be single parents. Eventually, we both started dating other people and I met my girlfriend, Krista, one and a half years ago. She knew I had kids and an unconventional co-parenting arrangement up front and I told her I was still legally married after six months of dating. She had been fine with our living slash co-parenting style prior to this, but was less than thrilled by my lack of official divorce. She asked if divorce was eventual and I told her yes. Dave and I agreed with divorce when it no longer was mutually beneficial to remain married, i.e. a new potential spouse. The longer Krista and I were together, the more being married bothered her. She feels remaining married symbolizes I'm subconsciously clinging to my straight identity and is a barrier to moving on with my life which I mildly disagree with but understand. She does not want to get married and had voiced the opinion that it was just a piece of paper. So I'm surprised it becomes such a big deal. I agreed four months ago that I would bring it up with Dave and set a timeline for divorce by the end of this year to make her happy. Two months ago, Dave's company downsized his job and a week later, he found out his increasing fatigue and illness was aggressive leukemia. He's undergoing treatment that is estimated to be 10% effective in cases like his, and they told him to consider this might be terminal. If the treatment fails, they've given him six months to a year. 
For Krista, this changes nothing. For me, divorcing Dave would now be unconscionable and make what is potentially his final months even harder than they have to be. Whether she likes it or not, he's the father of my children and my oldest friend. To force the issue while he's fighting for his life would be incredibly selfish and damaging to both him and our kids. She's telling me that not only am I regressing into denial about my sexuality, but refusing to bring it up again, but also that I'm already a selfish arsehole by leading her on, and that I want the best of both worlds by remaining married to a man or continuing to date a woman. OP then added an additional comment on this post, which says, I didn't hide my marital status. I didn't hide anything from her. I spent 20 fucking years hiding how I felt about people and I was done doing it. I told her what she wanted to know and she wanted to know about it. She knew there was a man I'd been married to. She knew that I had young children with him. She knew we lived under different roofs on the same property. She knew we were still friends. She learned these things as they came up in conversation, as we got to know each other. She spent the first four months seeing other people, being extremely vocal about not wanting a relationship and calling us an extended booty call. Sorry, I don't think someone who's expressed interest lies solely in getting in my pants and not a damn thing else counts as a relationship. The moment she expressed a desire for something more, we had a conversation where I explained everything and gave her every opportunity to tell me to fuck off. If that makes me a piece of shit, then I guess I'm a piece of shit. But Wall says, not the butt face, it doesn't make sense at this point to get divorced. With all due respect, if he's coming to the end of the road, why not just wait? I'm sorry if this sounds insensitive, I don't mean it to be. If he makes a recovery, then I'd bring it up, but until then, it's just a matter of time. He doesn't deserve the added stress from his best friend during these more trial last month slash year. Your girlfriend needs to respect your family. I hope you reply saying thank you, and that's how I felt about it, and you're not insensitive. It's pragmatic. But she's worked it all up to be this big psychological thing. Like if I don't get the divorce before he passes away, I have some lingering doubt that I really meant our separation. I forgot exactly how she phrased it, but I took her words to mean that insisting on a divorce is confirming my new sexuality. Not insisting signifies I'm not really serious or committed to being a lesbian for life. A deleted user says, not the butt face. Krista is using a lot of bad faith arguments and manipulation to paint you as the bad guy, which is really unfair and shitty. Frankly, she's showing you who she really is when she ignores reality and tries to guilt you into going against your conscience. She doesn't sound like a good person a kind person, and I'm kind of mystified what her good qualities are and where they've gone to. Does she even care about your kids? Her actions certainly don't reflect that if she'd risk damaging them by insisting you divorce their father in his hour of need, especially when she doesn't even want you to get married. She's basically trying to turn this into a pick him or me situation, and it's really ugly how she's doing it. This is who you really want to be with for the rest of your and your kids' lives. OP replies saying, I'm really starting to think not. She'd been mildly immature about our situation before. The biggest one was trying to insist that I leave the kids with Dave whenever she comes up with something she wants us to go do that isn't kid-friendly, regardless of how short notice. Like, no, he's their dad and he's not my free babysitter to just dump on the kids whenever we want to go party. But she does have a lot of good qualities. She's great with our kids and she's normally very loving and affectionate. She's the type who volunteers at animal shelters and takes people meals when they're sick and buys Boy Scout popcorn just to help the little guys out, even though she can't stand microwave popcorn. This is the first time she's been like this and it completely blindsided me. I can't believe how she doesn't see the cruelty and what she wants me to do, or the effect it'll have on us. So then, 
OP updated the post three days later, which says, first off, I know this isn't a support sub and I didn't expect for it to be, but it kind of turned out that way. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. I received the most helpful, constructive feedback I've ever gotten in my entire life from this sub. As far as the issue at hand in my last post, I feel confident that I'm doing the right thing by not asking Dave for a divorce. Krista still disagrees, damn near violently. As such, she is no longer my girlfriend. I've tried to have a calm, adult conversation with her about it the night after my original post. Emphasis on tried. She was immediately aggravated and defensive, told me that unless the next words out of my mouth involved signing divorce papers, we had nothing to talk about. I asked her why it bothered her so much and it turned into an argument no matter how calmly I tried to remain. Ultimately, she admitted in a fit of rage that she felt people who stayed friends with their exes are psychologically damaged and guaranteed to cheat. When I asked if she knew my situation and felt that way, why did she press me for a relationship that she originally said she never wanted? She said that she assumed Dave would snap and do something that either was awful or that she could convince me was awful at some point. It then came out in our argument that she was pushing so hard on the divorce issue now to intentionally create tension and shatter Dave and eyes care for each other because, again, in her opinion, it's completely unnatural. That was it. I told her I was done and I didn't need a heartless, selfish, insecure, jealousy-riddled piece of shit like her in my life or around my kids. The rest of it after that was just immature on both of our parts with us both yelling insults at each other while she threw stuff everywhere clothes, blankets, couch cushions, looking for things she had brought to the house and left over the last year. The kids weren't there, thank God. I had the foresight to see if Dave would have them for a sleepover in his apartment. I'm okay, I think. Breathing a bit, which feels stupid considering everything. But I feel like I had a rotten tooth for so long. I didn't realize how much pain and pressure it was causing me until I yanked it out. Now, I'm going to turn this one straight to you guys. What do you guys make of this situation? How would you feel if you was OP? Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. Now, just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today, showing your love not just towards me, but towards the post, towards the comments, and towards one another down in the YouTube comments. It's really, really helpful, and it's lovely to see. So thank you so much, and hopefully I will see you in the next one. Take care, and much love. Wake up, get up, stretch my legs, eat some breakfast, milk and eggs, brush my teeth up, wash my face, throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Okay, I know that's a dead. 